Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. just pull up Ephesians 4. I'm going to read through a chunk of this and then we're going to just pull some bits out of it. So we're working through the book of Ephesians um, from now. We're probably still going on until January some at some point, maybe even February. And we're just going through it bit by bit and we're pulling bits out of it and we're applying it to our lives. So this morning, across all of the congregations in Kingdom of Faith, we are working for Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 16. So let's just, let me just read that, and then we'll go where we need to go. So I think it's going to come up on here, if you're ready. You ready? Let's just read through it. So therefore, I, so this is Paul speaking, and he's, he's speaking from prison. Therefore, I, a prisoner... For serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now these, and we're just going to skip, so we skip a little bit to verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Uh, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I think I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. So... That scripture is, first of all, talking about being one, being in unity together, loving each other, living a life worthy of our calling. And Paul's starting to talk to people about callings. He's starting to talk to the church in Ephesus about their calling, about their giftings, about where they fit in to the body of Christ. Let's, Let's just go, let's just carry on. Let's carry on. Sorry, sorry, Steve disappeared. Do you, know, do you know how to do it? No? Okay. I'll just carry on reading. <laughs> or Toby can do it. Um, let's skip to verse 15. It says this. Instead, oh no, let's go from 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever so clever they sound like the truth instead we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ who is the head of the body the church he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love 
So we're talking about the body of Christ. I think we're going to spend a few weeks on this, actually. We won't move too far into Ephesians because there's so much in this that's really, really, really important for all of us. Because this is talking about where we fit in, what our purpose is, what our calling is, who we're called to be. And I know that's quite a big topic for many, for all Christians, for all believers. Where do I fit in? How, how, does, how do I fit into the body of Christ? And I know people can struggle with working out what, what's my position? Where do I fit in? What can I do? What am I called to do? And that's something we're going to go into um, and I'm just going to kind of skirt around some of it this morning, and we're going to look at some of the roles this morning, some of the fivefold ministry there, and how we can fit in. So, so first of all, we've got the fivefold ministry. So we've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And out of those five giftings or callings, they're callings really. Each and every one of us will relate to one of those five things in some certain way. Now, not, not each of us are called to be in what we'd call the office of an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher, but we would have something in our life that links in a gifting, a, a, a leaning in, that, in one of those five areas that we are actually called to kind of use the giftings that we have to build up, as it says here, to build up the body of Christ. So some people here will be called into what we call the office, so that you are an, a prophet, you are an apostle, you are a teacher. And that is much more of an um, important kind of calling from God that's a very specific thing. Um, but that's not necessarily for all people. Maybe you could, you could argue, you could kind of look into it in a way that everyone could eventually arrive at that place if they really follow God, specifically get trained, specifically really are following and listening to God in, in their lives, which isn't always easy to do and obedient to God. And maybe you can arrive in one of those offices, but generally people that are called to be, let's say, an apostle, they, they, they generally kind of know that and feel that and begin to walk in that and grow into that if they're, again, if they're obedient to what God's calling them to do. Just a quick um, helpful tool about the fivefold ministries. We've got five fingers here. And a way of remembering this, I think the kids learned this not long ago, is that um, you have, this, that your thumb is the apostle. And the apostle holds all things together. And an apostle is often someone who is called to oversee the body of Christ and plant churches and oversee churches. So the apostolic is your thumb, and that, that's to hold the whole everything together. An apostle is very important. You've got the prophet that is that finger that points, that brings direction, that brings, you know, what's God saying? Where's God wanting us to go? What's God's doing? So you've got that finger is the, the prophet. You've got the next finger, which is usually your longest one. Mine's only a tiny bit longer, um, which is the evangelist. So, and that's what would touch people first. So that's your longest finger. It touches people first. That's the evangelist. Then you've got the pastor, who is covenant, who, who is used often by the Lord to keep people in covenant, shepherd people, help people, pastor people, be there for people, and keep them in covenant with you know the ring, the covenant marriage and stuff. And you've got the teacher, lastly, who grounds us, grounds us in the teaching of the word. So that's the bottom finger there. 
Has, who's ever heard of that before? There's lots of people. No? Is that new to, new to people? Well, that's very helpful. It's a very little helpful tool for the fivefold ministry. Um, they did teach the, they teach the young saints that, didn't they? I remember that, but I, I heard that years ago. It's very helpful. So we have our fivefold ministry callings, giftings. Now, we're just going to look at the role of the pastor this morning because um, there's a few things I just want to pull, pull out in that. And with the time we've got, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just look at that this morning. Now, we've been, Ada and I are the pastors here in Kingdom Faith and Crawling. And we've been leading this congregation for about seven years. We've been part of the congregation for like, I don't know, 12 years, something like that, 12 years or so. We go by Levi's age, so it's about 12, isn't it, when we came to Crawley. Um, and so, so we lead the congregation, and we lead the congregation with a team of people as well. Um, and I need to introduce you to the people because sometimes, we, I mean, we sometimes don't, we forget to actually talk about who's in our leadership team. So we have a leadership team here in the congregation and we meet together roughly monthly to pray together, talk about where we're going as a congregation, what we need to be doing. So our team is, so myself and Anna is the pastors. Anna has a responsibility um, over the small groups in our congregation. So we always want people to be part of some sort of group, small group, um, or prayer group or something that you're connected into the body. And that's something we're going to be talking about a lot more. We want everyone who's part of our church to be part of a group because we don't want you it to just be like a Sunday morning church where you turn up on a Sunday morning for a couple of hours and then you disappear into the week and then we never see you again. And then you turn up again next Sunday morning. Actually in small groups, you could correct me if I'm wrong, in small groups, we've always said that's where the pastoral work will take place in your life. So if you need something, you're in need, you, whether that's you know a physical need, food, finances, whatever, or just spiritual stuff, emotional stuff, whatever you need in your life, whatever you're going through, in being in a small group is where you're going to get the input to help you. So you need to be in a group. You need to be in some form of a group. So... Anna's in charge, she's, she's what we'd call the small group director, so she's in charge of all the small groups and the health of those small groups and the health of the small group leaders. Um, we have Isabel. Isabel, do you want to just give us a wave? Anna, do you want to give us a wave as well, just in case people don't know you? Anna sometimes sits at the back with people, which is fine, but we need to know that Anna is actually a pastor as well, so it's not just me. Sometimes people think, you know, it's just me, the man, I'm the pastor. But Anna is actually a pastor. We're both ordained by Pastor Colin to lead um, the church here. So we have Isabel, give us a wave again. She is our new people's coordinator. Um, and she just coordinates everyone new into the congregation. She coordinates them, meets up with them, makes sure they find their way into some sort of group, leads things like Alpha and um, First Steps and other courses that help people to land in our congregation. Um, she's brilliant at that. She works very, very hard. She does all sorts of other things as well. And so does Anna. We, we all just do all sorts of things. She's working a lot with the youth as well at the moment. Um, we have Elsie over here. Who's part, just give us a wave. Elsie is part of our congregation leadership team. And Elsie is in charge of prayer in our congregation. So anything to do with prayer and also outreach as well. 
Elsie, along with Karen, have been leading a team of people that have been going out every Saturday for quite a long time now, um, outreaching into the town centre, into Broadfield. So Elsie's in charge of that area. We have Kathy, who is not here at the moment. I think she's in the other room. Kathy's in our leadership team. She's, the, she's just come in, and she's our um, parish nurse. That's the word. So she, she's, she has a role where she will go around to people in our congregation, people not even in our congregation, and just visit them. Um, it's, a, it's an actual job, isn't it? Do you want to just say a little bit about it? I'm going to put you on the spot just very quickly. Yeah, parish nursing is a a holistic, well-being, supportive role that walks alongside people. So, um, Kathy's she would be saying this today that uh, it's it's very. inclusive of people in the congregation in whatever capacity whether they've just had a baby or they've got long-term health condition or in whatever way but it's also um something for the community as well and so Kathy is really um wanting to do more in the community and reach out to the community so she's going to want to at some point to build a team for the things that she's doing in the community as well so we have Kathy and we have Rachel Rachel is Rachel here no, she, I can just see her coming through the door, serving as, as usual. Um, so we have Rachel Rumbold, so she's on our, on our congregation leadership team as well. And basically, Rachel leads a small group, but she also um, works for Kingdom Faith Church as a whole. She does the finances. Here she is right now. Perfect timing, Rachel. Um, she's a blessing to us, and she does all sorts of things. She, she was leading the Connect team as well. There she is, buying milk for us this morning mucking in as we were saying um but she she works for kingdom faith centrally and she connects us as a congregation right centrally into kingdom faith and anything we need from central kind of um hub in horsham at foundry lane she she helps us to kind of just connect in and have that flow of connection taking place so that's our leadership team now that leadership team does change every now and again we add some people or we take or some people come out of that and we've had various people over the years that have been part of that team but we get together we pray together and we lead us as a congregation together into what God is calling us to do and who God's calling us to be um I'm just going to look through my notes because I know we're running out of time so let me just work out what I can say so let's just go let's just go with this now there's a few scriptures that just describe what lead, what church leaders actually are and I think it's helpful we we go through some of these so out of the fivefold ministry we're kind of focusing on pastors this morning but then then I haven't got time to go into all of the the names that are used in different scriptures but pastors can some pastors often often the word pastor is can be translated as shepherd overseer someone who watches over watches over the flock steers the flock helps people to connect with with Jesus and here's just a, here's just a scripture from 1 Timothy and this is this is talking about overseers this is it can be tra- translated as pastors but I'm not going to get too bogged down on all the on, on all the words because some in some um, parts of the Bible it talks about elders, it talks about overseers, it talks about deacons, and some translations that can be talked about as bishops and all sorts of things. But I haven't got time to go into a study of all the words right now. But this is a scripture from 1 Timothy 3. It describes what 
a pastor should be. So here's a trustworthy, here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer, that can be a pastor, desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons, so deacons could be seen as our our leadership team in our church. I used to go to a Baptist church and we used to have our vicar, I think I think she was called, and then we had deacons and I was a deacon and we were in charge in a similar way as our congregation leaders that I've just explained, just in charge of different areas of the congregation. Where do we get to? In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine. So they can have a bit of wine, not too much wine. Not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested. And then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. So we have required, there is requirements in in the word of God. I don't know if many of you knew that. As to being a church leader, it's not just anyone can just be a church leader or anyone can be a congregation leader there's certain standards that need to be met to lead people in God um and we'll come back to some of that we'll come back to some of that here's another scripture in in 1 Peter and this is talking about elders now and that in our in the way we do things in kingdom faith and this this can apply to a pastor as well so to the elders among you i appeal as a fellow elder and a witness this is paul speaking a fellow witness of christ's suffering who also will share in the glory to be revealed be shepherds of god's flock that is under your care watching over them not because you must but because you are willing as god wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And when, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Just a couple more scriptures. These are quite important. This is from Timothy. It says, do not let, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy, who was a, as a church leader. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, some of these things that I'm just going through there they can apply to our own lives so they're not just oh that's just for a church leader that's for the pastor he needs to do that I don't I can live how I want I can do what I want some of these things really are to apply to all of us because actually we're all called to be leaders in some way shape or form did you know that 
we're all called to lead people to Christ in some way. Either whether you're just a brand new Christian yourself, you're called to lead people, others around you, to Christ. So you're a, you're a leader, and it's good to read through some of these things here because they can they can apply to our lives now. It doesn't mean we need to be perfect. We're never perfect, as we were praying this morning. We're, ne- we're never going to be perfect. But there's certain things here that we can ask the Lord to work on in our lives to make us into this. So like Paul was saying here, in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, devote, you know, devote yourself to these things. Paul's encouraging all of us, not just Timothy here, or not just church leaders, inverted commas, all of us, to be, to be careful how we live, to watch what we do, how we say, how we conduct ourselves. Because actually, who was I speaking to the other day? Oh, I've forgotten who I'm spe- who I was speaking to now. But I was having a conversation with someone, and, oh, where was it? Forgotten. And... Um, they, we were talking about Christian. We were talking about Christians, and we were to put, put your hand up if this was you. And we were saying about how sometimes the Christians that are in our life, in people's lives, especially if, you, if you're a non-Christian and you've got Christians in your life, they are your example as to what a Christian is, as to what you may one day become. So we have to be very careful how we live among other people. Because we are their example. Now, it doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. And sometimes we've made mistakes and sometimes things come out of our mouths or we do things that we regret doing or we shouldn't have done. There's forgiveness for that. We, there's, there's cleansing for that. There's redemption for that. God can redeem those situations and we can be forgiven. We don't have to carry around the guilt of that and the shame of that. But we still do need to be careful how we live among um, non-Christians so that we can show them this is the life you could have in Christ. Now, we're all on a journey and, you know, we, we never come to the end of that journey until we, we, we die and go to be with the Lord. But as we're on that journey, there is some things that we need to just make sure we've got in check in our lives. And God's spirit wants to enable us to do that. One thing I want to say this morning, and it's actually perfect timing because with with what we were talk, praying and thanking Richard and Teresa for um, is that as as a church as a congregation in Crawley we are we're in a, quite an exciting place actually we've we're at a place where we're growing we're seeing people come to the Lord we're seeing people join our church and honestly the number of people in this room is probably there's, there's easily another third, another two thirds of people that aren't actually in this room right now. We have quite a few people in our congregation, probably just adults alone. There's probably over a hundred adults in our congregation, and we're blessed with loads of children, loads of teenagers. So we've there's an, a good number of people in our congregation, and I believe where we are right now, God wants to take us to another another level. I mean, some of the things that um, Richard was just talking about, about revival and God, God wanting to bring more people in. But in order for God to bring more people in and to see more people saved, to see more people's lives changed, he requires something of us. And that's not just 
just of me or some of the leaders here. He, he does require us to serve. He requires us to be available to take the capacity of the people that are going to be coming through the doors. So we all have a requirement, a requirement on our life to lead other people, as I was saying before, but to serve in the body. So, you know, we saw Rachel coming in with the milk. You know, like we were talking about Rich and Teresa just mucking in. We need people to help. We need people to do things. You know, I know that the Lord's been speaking to me for months now, months now, good number of months. And I know the Lord's been saying to me, Rohan, you're doing too many things that other people could be doing. You're doing too many jobs, running around, doing this, that, the other, that actually other people are meant to be doing, not you. You're, 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 it's taking up your time where you could be doing other things that I'm calling you to do. It's taking up energy, it's taking up focus, and you're doing practical things that someone else could just be doing. I open and close this building every Sunday. Um, I'm here very, usually very early and usually leave very late. I don't usually get back home till about one o'clock in the afternoon every, every Sunday. Now, as a leader, I'm here to serve the body. I'm here to serve you. And that's part of what I'm called to do. But there's jobs that I'm doing that I know I shouldn't be doing. And I'm like, Lord, okay, right. Let me try and raise some people up and do this. But you guys out there need to help me. And you need to help us as a congregation to serve our connect team, um, we're very, very low on people in the Connect team, and that's just making some teas and coffees, putting out some tables, packing away some um, bits at the end. We need people to step into those roles, just putting out the chairs, packing away the chairs, opening and closing the building, putting out the banner out the front. I do that every Sunday morning. The Lord say, is saying to me, Rohan, if you don't stop doing those things and come up into another place in your leadership and allow other people to do that, the church can't grow because it's been stunted by you just doing the practical bits and pieces. You need to release that to other people so that you come up to a place where you can now hear me on other things that I want to, where a direction where I want to take the church um, to reach out to the rest of the town. But you've got to pass those things on to people. So I'm making an appeal this morning. Even if you're new here, but you know you're staying here, please help us to grow. And other people that have been here for a while, we need people to lead small groups. We need people to lead different parts of the church and do different things. We need you to step up. And this is a call for everyone to, to come into, just step up. Okay, if that's all right to say. We need some stepping up. Okay. We, need, we do need small group leaders. Please tell me, if you have a, like a group that you want to lead, you've got something on your heart to lead something, come and speak to us and we can just work through that to help make that start. We need people to be leading even prayer meetings. It's not just for me and Elsie to be leading prayer meetings. We need other people to be leading those meetings. We, you know, all sorts of things, leading here, preaching even. You know, there's, there is space for that to happen. Obviously, you need to be the right person to do those things, but... Come and speak to us and we can, we can work those things out. But I believe, you know, many of you would have seen Pastor Clive's talk last week, I think it was last week on the video, about a, build, a new building in Horsham. I honestly believe, and I know God's been speaking to me and kind of different people have been hearing things about a building for us in Crawley. We don't want to be in this 
cold school hall for the rest of our lives. There's, there's other places in the town that God wants us to be where we've got our own building, we've got our own space to come and do what, come and go as we please to do whatever we need to do. There's, there is building, there is a building for us. But I believe in order to take that next step into that next level, that next place as a church, we've, the body, the body has to, has to come and and serve one another and be there for one another. And that's actually all that this scripture is talking about. Finding out our giftings, finding out where we're called to be, who we're called to be, and stepping into that position, stepping into that role. Sometimes it does take a little bit of time, a bit of equipping, a bit of training, a bit of discipleship to make sure you're ready to be there, making sure character is right, um, because character is a massive part of this, you know, how, you, how you're living in your personal life, how you're relating to God, how, you know, do you, you know, spending time with God every day, prayer, worship, whatever, making sure our character's right so that we can then step into those things and be an example. It's one of the most important things that was read in that scripture about what a church leader's meant to be is an example to others. And we're all called to be examples to people around us. Amen. To see the young people coming out. Just a few more scriptures. Now, these are scriptures that I've not, I don't think I've ever touched on, because, and you'll see why I haven't done that. Um, but they're scriptures I honestly believe the Lord gave me and said, you need to speak about these scriptures because people need to hear them. So I've talked about the requirements of what a, past, a pastor's role is, but also there is requirements of the body towards leaders, so not just me as a leader and Anna, but also the congregation leaders, even your small group leaders. So this is from Timothy 5. It says, elders who direct the affairs of the church um, well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. But the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's brought by two or three witnesses, but those elders who are sinning, you are to reprove before everyone so that the others may um, take a warning. So there's some kind of, just a bit of a warning there. But elders who, or leaders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor. They're, we need to honor our leaders as well. And that's part of growth. We, we spent quite a long time, if you've been to the Bible college, we spent quite a long time speaking about honoring of our leaders. Actually, as you honor people in the Lord, and that's not just leaders, it's people around you, but as you honor your leaders and you honor those in leadership over you, it releases blessing into your life. I need to honor my leaders as well. I have Pastor Clive, I have you know Simon Coles, I have other leaders over me that I have to practice this myself and honor those people. And it releases blessing. It's, it's called Honor's Reward. And there's a book you can buy on that. I think it's by John Brevere. Um, but really talks about honoring our leaders. And uh, do you know what? I'm going to, to be totally honest with you, I've, I don't think I've had barely any issues with people not honoring myself and Anna. I don't have people coming against me and doing all sorts of things or arguing with me or trying to rebuke me or whatever. Very rarely happens. Um, but... It's just this scripture, we, we are to be honoring of our leaders. They're worthy of double honor. It's another scripture. Remember your leaders, it's from Hebrews 13. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here's, here's another translation. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So there's something of honouring and of being obedient that actually blesses you. So it's not just, and it blesses me when I honour and are obedient to my leaders. So it's not just honouring me for the sake of honouring me or honouring us or your leaders. It's actually for your own benefit and your own blessing. You know, as you sow, you reap. One last scripture in Hebrews 13, it says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over, over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. That same scripture again. And I'm going to finish around there because I know some people need to go out to do grow in a minute. What I felt the Lord wanted to do this morning, though, from some of these scriptures and just talking about people stepping into callings, people stepping into giftings, is, is two things. I want to pray that, first of all, you recognise your gifting, you recognise your calling, and you see where you fit in. We have in Grow a question, it's like a questionnaire, isn't it, that helps you to work out where you fit in. How many people have done Grow here? Just put your hand up. There's not many people, really. Not many. So... I think next week I'm going to get the questionnaire printed out and I'm going to let you take it home and you can just go through it. And it just helps you see where, where you may fit into that fivefold ministry. It's just different questions. You answer them, you, add, you kind of add up the, the score at the end and then it shows you where you may fit in. Um, and that helps you to just identify your gifting, your calling. So we're going to do that. And I want to just be, I want to pray for you and I want you to pray as a response this morning. Lord, show me where I fit in. Just give me that sense of where I need to be, what I need to be doing, what I'm called to be. And we want to kind of take some of that information down at some, at some point. We don't, you know, but it's good that you recognise it for yourself. But I think possibly more importantly than that this morning, I, w- I believe God wants to restore some things in people's lives. Last week's message, if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. It was talking about unblocking the wells of our lives, unblocking things that may be restricting what God wants to do through our lives. So things like disappointment, things like discouragement, things like carrying unforgiveness, just sin and stuff like that. Things that we just collect in life that we don't mean to, but they just come sometimes. Sometimes it is our own fault. Sometimes it's not. But these things just block the, block the flow of God in our lives, block the flow of the Spirit, and can sometimes block the call of God on our lives. The calling of God on our lives can be blocked by those, those things that just the enemy throws in there, stuff that we just collect in life that just stops us from stepping into where God wants us to step into. Sometimes it can be guilt and shame or discouragement or whatever which stops us from stepping forward. Sometimes it could be laziness. Sometimes it can just be being um, lukewarm, you know, not just taking that step, being bold, being confident, taking this to step into what God's calling us to to do and who God's calling us to be. 
So we dealt with some of those things last week, listened to the message you know, and, and continue to just go over those things. But this morning, I believe there's things, there's, there are things that God has called you personally to do or he's called you to be. And for whatever reason, you've not stepped into that fully. You've kind of rejected it maybe, or you've shunned it. I know there's people in our congregation who are called to be prophets, called to be in the office of a prophet. I know in our congregation there's people that are called into that, into that calling, that gifting. I know there's people out there called to be pastors. I, I know that for a fact, that, and I know they're not operating in that. I know there's people called to be teachers. Some are teach, some are operating it, some are not. You know, there's, there's callings on our lives that God wants us to step into, and we can sometimes just not quite get there. And it's, it, can, it can be sad because you can miss out. And the body misses out. As we were saying, more important, the body is, is designed so that we encourage each other, grow each other, so that we all come into this place of maturity. And without those, with, with missing pieces in the puzzle, we all miss out. And we don't, as a church, go to where we need to go to. I want to, so I want to, how I'm going to do this is I'm going to pray, but if you are someone who you feel like for whatever reason has not stepped into something that God's called you to step into, I want you to come out and I'm going to get some people to just pray for you. Can I just have, unless this is you, can I just, can I just have forward a few people to pray with people? So Anna, you're going to need to go. Rachel, Karen, Elsie, if she's still, Elsie, if you're around, and I'm going to hang around as well. If you just, if the three of you could just come forward, so Elsie, Karen, and Rachel, just come forward. And I want you, if you, if you feel like you are. You've not, let's just put, let's make it general. You've not stepped into the call of God on your life that you know you're meant, you're meant to step into. So that's, that may not be everyone. Maybe you already are operating in that. You're working in that. That's fine. Uh, or maybe you're just not ready to step into that. That's absolutely fine. But if there's been a blockage there and you feel you need to come out and be prayed for to just unblock and that whatever's clogging that step up, you know, come and be prayed for. I believe these guys will just minister to you and pray. And I just want them to just pray with authority to just remove anything that is blocking that thing from taking place in your life, from you stepping into that. There can be many reasons. There can be many excuses. But I believe this morning, God wants to help you to step into that. So maybe you don't quite know, and that's fine. You don't need to come up and be prayed for if you're not quite sure yet and you don't really know. Next week, we're going to do that question. It's going to help you to know. But I know for a fact there's some of you out there that you've been called. I, there's maybe even people that have been ordained out there. You've actually been ordained, and you're not operating in that ministry at the moment. And it's causing, it's no condemnation, but it's, if you're, not, if you're not active in what you've been called to do and ordained to do or prophesied to do, it holds up the body. So just, just stand to your feet. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray in general for everyone. And I want you to pray for yourselves as well.
And then I'm going to ask you to come forward. Those that need to go out to grow, what time are we on? Oh, well, those that need to go out to grow, um, if, if you're not, if you don't need to be prayed for, then um, go with Anna to grow. You're going to be meeting in the room out there. But if you need, if you need, ministry, if you need ministry, please feel free to come and be prayed for. Then, then go out to grow. And if you probably just need to start it because we're going to run out of time. But yeah, just, just close your eyes. I'm going to pray. I want you to pray as well. Obviously, you will know in your heart of hearts where you stand with everything I've been saying this morning. But Father God, I just, I thank you, Father, for us as a church, Lord God. I thank you for us as a body of Christ in Crawley. I thank you for us as Kingdom Faith Church. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done in us, in our congregation through the years, even before Anna and I were around. I thank you for what you're continuing to do. I thank you, Lord, this is an important part of our journey in Crawley, Father God. I thank you this is a moment where we can step into something new, but we need the body to rise up. Lord God, I thank you you're calling for people to serve you, to honour you, to, to step into everything you've called them to step into. Lord, as we talked about last week, if there's anything that's blocking people, covering people, stopping people, whatever it may be, Father, remove those things from their lives, even right now in Jesus' name. Father, if there's things that people need to process, cause them to process those things. Holy Spirit, do a work inside of people, Father, that they process those things so they can step into the fullness of their calling, Lord God. Father, um, where people feel discouraged or uh, or looked over, that can sometimes be a massive one, looked over. And sometimes, you know, the leadership can be, um, can be the reason for that, looking over people's giftings, looking over people's callings. Father, whatever it may be, Lord, just rectify that in people's lives. Do that work inside of, of, of everyone here, Lord God, so that people know who they've been called to be, what they've been called to do, where they've been called to serve, where they've been called to, to be placed in our congregation to be part of that body that knits together to build up everyone else so father god right now just remove any unblockages in people's lives in jesus name father bring up people's callings bring up people's giftings bring them to into a place of fruition father remove distractions from their lives remove just idols from their life, things that they're chasing after that aren't of you, Father God. Cause them to be, to, for their character to be refined so that they can step into these things. Cause them to operate out of a heart of love for you and love for their neighbor, Father God. Father, we thank you for the people, I thank you for the people we have here. I thank you for people like Richard and Teresa, Father God's servants, faithful servants, people that have been serving, Father God, for many years here. But Father, we thank you for us going to a new place in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So just come forward now. If you know you need that boost, that clearing of the pipes or whatever it may be to step into what you're called to step into, come forward now and pray with us. If you just put some music on in the background. If you need to go, feel free to go. I know we've run over a bit. Chat, you can feel free to continue to chat with people, grab a drink. Um, if you need to go to grow, Anna's back there. Go to, go to grow. What? <laughs> go to grow. But we'll just put some background music on and if you need ministry, just come forward. 
And I'm just, I'll just dismiss you. Father, we just thank you for all that you've done this morning, you're doing this morning. Father, we speak your blessing out over everyone here as they go into their week this week. We speak your blessing over everyone here as they go into their day for the rest of today. Father, we, we speak your protection, your favor, your provision for everyone here, your vision, your understanding, your spirit to go with people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.